Everybody, welcome back to Raising Unicorns. I have with me again the incredible Jake Christensen. What's up, Jake? What's up, Shane? So today we're reviewing the book Purple Cow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a book throwdown! In the book Purple Cow, just to give you guys like a little bit of like explanation of the name of the book. It's a book that talks about how you can stand out as a marketer. And he tells kind of like a story of like driving along this countryside and seeing passing this field full of cows. And he thought there's nothing remarkable about any of those cows. And then he thought like if there's one well, that was that's purple. Right. At first he said like, oh, this is so novel when he was driving through the country because it's so beautiful. He's like, look at all these cows. Yeah. And he was like amazed by him at first. But he's like, after my 1,000th cow, he's like, these are all boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And then uh, he thought if there was a purple cow, then it would be not boring again. <laughs> it would really stand out to him and he might even stop and take a picture like if he saw a purple cow. And so then it just... That's kind of what the whole book is about. It's like how to be a company that isn't just another cow in a pasture and instead be a purple cow in a pasture. This book is really, really interesting. It's mostly written from a product perspective, from a marketing perspective, um, not necessarily an advertising perspective, but he does talk a good deal about why he believes uh, what makes really good advertising um, and what makes good marketing for a product, which we're going to get into later. But I think to me, this the Purple Cow book really speaks to people who want to be really great in whatever category they're working in or whatever, whether it's a service or whether it's a product company. It's mostly geared towards entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their business and looking to be like, what's the next thing I need to do? Either initially to get a pop, pop of success or after they've had their initial success, what do you do with that? And where do you take the company after you've had your big hit to kind of put you on the map? Yeah. And one thing he talks about is how it's safer to be risky. Yep. And I thought that was so interesting because like, I mean, we're an ad agency. We get clients coming to us all the time. And it's so funny to me how many of them come and they're like, we want something like Squatty Potty. You know, we want a pooping unicorn. We want something that's like big and different. Or like Lumi, like a huge like musical. Yeah, exactly. Or can we film with a bear? Yeah, exactly. Like they just, they come saying they want all of these things. And then we're like, okay, great. That's exactly what we love to do. And then we pitch them some ideas from scripts. And then that's when it like settles in that they're, taking a risk doing this. <laughs> like, like it's scary to put something out there with your company name on it that's very different from yeah. what everyone else is putting out there in your and industry. And maybe even be borderline offensive to some and people. And may even be... Yeah, everything is offensive to someone. These days. Yes. I mean, we've had clients and we've gotten to writing retreats and we've had fantastic scripts because like we tell our writers like go crazy like obviously don't be like yeah and then we like have a chainsaw and we cut someone in half and it's like shock value buy this product you know <laughs> obviously we don't want to go for that but we want to like push the edge of like what is expected and like what we what would make people comfortable or uncomfortable I should say and then barely pull it back like a tiny bit of like right on the edge of what's like appropriate or not yeah, we've had clients who have gotten to that point and have had fantastic scripts. We're just like, oh, I don't know, is this gonna like offend someone or like this might not work well with like this subset of our audience? And it's like, look, man, if you're trying to please everybody, you're gonna please nobody because it becomes like just boring vanilla 
noise in like the, it's just like noise that's out there. Yeah. And it's so funny to me how often clients come in wanting and thinking like, oh yeah, I want something that's and they're out there for it. that's so different. Yeah. And then when they hear it, then, and like it's with their product and it's something that they've never seen before. Then that's when like the fear sets in and you oh, yeah. can like see it like with clients where all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to know that I put this out there. Like, and it's scary. Like it, they feel that definitely feel exposed. Yeah. And you have to have courage. Like, like I feel like courage is only talked about in like war, but like it's in marketing. If you want to take a big swing and do something that's different that no one else in your industry is doing, you have to have courage. And it's scary. And it has the potential to pay off huge for you or it has the potential to make you look dumb. And then you pivot and you say, okay, people didn't like that. And be like, okay with failing. But so many times we see clients who end up just picking something that's so much more vanilla, so much more run of the mill, very similar to what other people are doing because they're afraid to stand out. And so they won't ever make it as big as they could if they took that big swing. I mean, obviously, you got to take the right risks. Like I said, Mm -hmm. like, you can't just be like, I'd like just. He talks about this in the book. You can't just be inflammatory for inflammatory sake, but you have to be take some risks to make waves in the industry and make waves like like so people will actually pay attention to you. Otherwise, you'll just get lost. Yeah. And it's like some people come to us with products that also aren't risky. Like uh, they're more out there. Squatty potty, that's something that's very different. It's very out there, you know? So we were able to also be very out there with our concept and meet it where it was at. Same with like Lumi. It's like... Same with Lumi. Yeah. For your private parts. Right. And they're yeah. like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Which private parts? Yeah. How much? <laughs> but when people come to us and they just have like... It's like, oh, this is a lotion. And it's like, okay, what? what's unique about it? And they're yeah. like, it has lavender. And it's like, okay... Like what's different? And they're like, so can you make us like a squatty potty, like a pooping unicorn? Can we do like a big musical? And it's like, well, yeah, but it's not like, like the product isn't set up for that already. Yep. Whereas like if liquid death came to us and they were like, hey, we make, we have cans, we have water in beer cans and we call it liquid death. To me, that's like such a dope product. That's such a great purple cow that like, is so awesome. That well, they're they, crushing it. And they are crushing it. Yeah. Because do you know how many people do not have the courage to make a water called liquid death? 99.9% of people would well, never have that courage. They'd be like, are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing ever. And then they did it and it is crushing. Yeah. And then like to, to that point, Jake, one of my favorite quotes of the book is find some things that are just not done in your industry and do them. And having yeah. a filtered water company that is called Liquid Death versus like, you know, like Mount Olympus Springs or like, you know, fresh water from Fiji. It's like, yeah. it's like, what if we did the opposite? It's like, what about Liquid Death? Like you will die if you drink this. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was so like, just like totally the opposite direction. Uh-huh. And they have like shot like, a rocket up to success and people love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the lessons that I loved from this book, he kind of talks about this like asking a litmus test or, or, or proposing a litmus test to like creatives or product marketers 
or designers, like if you weren't afraid of failing, what's the most audacious thing you would try? Which I feel like that's a really interesting mental get like test to put yourself through of like, okay, like if I could do anything, what would I do? Like to make this product, like to make this product amazing or to market this product or to like, what would I change? Like if I like had no fear of failing, because I feel like that gets to like, a really raw, like deep place of, well, this is what I really want it to be. Mm-hmm. This is what I think the product should be. This is what I think your campaign should do and sound like and feel like. Mm-hmm. Because I think fear of failure, especially in marketing where everything is like really scrutinized or if it's not following trends, people are like, well, is this going to work? Like, it's not UGC. Mm-hmm. You know, is this, is this a TikTok video? If not, I don't know if it'll work, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's an easy thing to let, like, that fear of not, like, or have of having a miss because there are misses overrule, like, your decision to make something that's truly audacious and, like, can stand out like a purple cow because you got to take risk. Uh-huh. Because everyone will follow trends, you know? There's, like... The UGC trend, we were talking about that in a meeting earlier today of just like user-generated content. That's UGC. It's when people take their phones and they film their reviews of a product or whatever. And those have been really successful for a while. That's just a trend that is hot right now. And eventually people get sick of it. I think it's already on its way out right now. I sure hope it is because I'm sick of them. Yeah. And Uh, everyone's like, I don't think all these people are totally genuinely like in these products yeah. and up for it. <laughs> so you can jump on like just trends of like, oh, what are other companies doing? I'm going to do that too. But you won't ever like make a big impact. You won't ever be like... Make splash. Yeah, make a big splash in your industry if you are just following trends. Like you have to create trends. You have to figure out something that no one else is doing and do that thing. At Harm Brothers, we never think, let's just lower the price. I've never said that once to anyone we're working on as marketing services. I think it's more so like, how do you justify your price? How do you add value? Like, what do you change in the value offering or positioning to justify if you're a premium product? Because we we've done a lot of premium products. I mean, Lumi's a 20 freaking dollar deodorant. Now it's 15 because it's in Target. But like $20 is like three times more than Old Spice. Uh-huh. And it's the same size. Right. And so it's like, you got to do... Like, we never were like, Shannon... You know, Lumi, lower your deodorant cost. It was just like, no, because there was enough value in the product she designed that we could market it and sell it in a way where it justified its cost. Right, yeah. Yeah. So we've never used that cop-out. Mm-hmm, right. Fortunately. Yeah. Well, and it is just so true. It is just like, yeah, when a company doesn't know what to do to market their product, they're like, I don't know, maybe if we can figure out a way to lower the price, then we'll sell more of it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Or you can bring in a creative and figure out how to make your product like so much more fun, you know, (laughs) or how to make it... Actually improve it. How to actually improve it. Yeah, exactly. One of the quotes that I like from the book that he says is like, um, bring in a new purple cow when the previous one is no longer purple. And I think this is like a big challenge for a lot of companies. And I felt that... At, at brands we've worked with, as well as like even a little bit at Harmon Brothers, where it's like you have such great success, or the thing it's like you know your golden goose has made all this money, and it's like it's work it's worked really well in the past. It's hard to be like, all right, now we need to completely change this into something else. And like, what's the next purple cow? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's like a lot of examples. I've talked a lot about uh, Lumi on this podcast, but like. 
uh, she did a really good job of developing a lot of different products once she really started getting seeing success and rolling everything back into the business that she got. Yeah. And she started developing like different things like detergents and she started developing um, like body washes and stuff. And she tried like Lumi, like, um, like, de- like, like cleaning wipes and stuff like that. Like she developed a ton of different SKUs and she's narrowed it down to, I think, the body wash. And I think there's, I think the wipes is like one of the only things left. I think she abandoned like the, the detergent altogether because she just realized like what what worked and what didn't and what was resonating and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she cut her losses and really focused in. But she was looking for the next purple cow in like her arsenal of like products that she could develop, mm-hmm. which I think is a scary thing because it's like, oh, we got our one thing. Let's stick with it. But I think a lot of times like you've got to always have the next thing that's like either changing the product in a significant way or um, just developing a whole new product that fits in with the, like your your actual brand and what you're offering is that mm-hmm. makes people like perk up again and be like, what's this now? Right. I think another example of that is uh, the founders of our company. They founded Harmon Brothers and they created an ad agency that specialized in funny videos and in funny ads. And then they were like, oh, you know what else would be fun and funny? is just clean comedy with stand-up comedians. And they made dry bar comedy. And actually, let me think. Let me back that up. Before that, they were like, let's make a service that um, cre- that edits videos and call it VidAngel. And so like, they made VidAngel. And then they were like, oh, we actually like just the content creation side of things. And so then they made dry bar, unscri- or sorry, just dry bar. And dry bar comedy, dry yeah. bar comedy, clean stand up comedy, clean stand up comedy. And then they were like, Oh, we like making content and we like Jesus. And so then they helped create uh, The Chosen and they brought that in. And then they were like, Oh, we like doing this. Let's just become a production house. And so now they are, um, well, they became a distribution studio, distribution became, studio. Okay. Yeah. And oh, I don't know. Would you say that's an example of yeah, that? They definitely of them are just like going seeing purple cows yeah, as they go. Definitely for sure. And I think that that's like something we try and strive for in our creative and trying to keep things as fresh as we can and like reinventing it. We try to make something, uh, you know, surprising and unique that like actually creates a splash and doesn't just become noise out on Facebook because there is a lot of crap out there and it's easy to become noise. And so that's always something we're striving for in our creative that we make here at Harm Brothers. Yeah. It's interesting. You got to take everything out, think a little bit with a grain of salt in these books because they, I think they do speak in absolutes and they, they kind of have those like moments where, or those examples where they have like the perfect example, mm-hmm. which is funny because one of the perfect examples he had was like, you know who, who made it? who really, really nailed it and didn't market to a niche. It was only one company. It was AOL and they nailed it. And it's like, <laughs> ooh, this did not age well. Yeah. yeah, it is always one of those things you have to take with a grain of salt and it's not, not absolutes. But the principle I think he's saying is like, if you can if you can locate the most like viral, or the people have the most influence and they're sneezers and will share it and evangelize it, that's going to be your best bang for your buck marketing dollars is to access those people mm-hmm. if you have a good product. Well, this has been exceptionally great talking with you about this, Jake. Yeah, been fun. So, thanks for coming on, man. And until the next one, adios, amigos. Thank you for watching Raising Unicorns. Subscribe now.